Have you got questions about adventures and things to do in Anchorage? We've got answers. Welcome to the Alaska Uncovered podcast with me, your host, Jenny Twing Flaming. My occasional co-host and full-time husband, Jay, and I bring you accurate, helpful, and entertaining information about Alaska travel and life in Alaska. Our guest today is Tom Plowman. Tom has lived in Anchorage since 1984. He's a retired geologist, a patroller with the Anchorage Nordic Ski Patrol, and is active in search and rescue. He is a lifelong adventurer who loves the outdoors and loves Alaska. Tom, welcome to Alaska Uncovered. Thank you for being here. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be here. So it was uh, kind of kind of, kind of interesting to do this. So uh, yeah, yeah. it'll be fun. Yeah, it's really fun having you. So okay. we like, okay. yeah, we like to start all of our in our interviews with the question of how did you get to Alaska? And I know you've been there a long time. So tell us a little bit about how you got to Anchorage. Sure. Um, yeah, well, I, I was, uh, uh, I'm a geologist, geophysicist by training, and uh, I was uh, working in the oil industry. I was in Denver. Uh, my first, uh, first real job out of grad school. And uh, I've, you know, I grew up in Oregon, did all sorts of, you know, hiking, climbing, backpacking and whatnot. And uh, so when the uh, opportunity to move to Anchorage, uh, a paid move to Anchorage, uh, that was kind of a no brainer for me. <laughs> so I moved, moved right? up here and uh, been here for the most part ever since. I left the state for a couple of years in the late 90s, uh, you know, another job-related thing. But uh, uh, the opportunity to come back to Anchorage came up and, uh, um, you know, again, that was sort of a no-brainer for me. So anyway, yeah. that's that's my story. Love it. I think, Tom, you're one of the longest-running Anchorage residents that I know of. Uh, well, could be. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, uh, it doesn't seem like it's been that long until I actually sit down and think about it. And then I, then I realize it has been a long time. Um, uh, but you know, Anchorage is the kind of place that, uh, when people move here, they generally fall into two groups. Uh, there's folks who love it and they never want to leave. And that was, kind of where I fell, I guess. And then uh, there's some other folks who, for a variety of reasons, good reasons in many cases, but uh, decide, yeah, this is just a little too far from from uh, family and whatnot. And uh, yeah. so they, they don't hang around too long. So yeah, I think that's really true. So one of the things that we've talked about is how many visitors to Alaska spend at least some time in Anchorage at some point on their trip? And so I'm really excited to hear today your thoughts about how people can best spend their time in Anchorage, especially if they want to get outside. So let's start with people who have just a few hours. Let's say maybe they're checking out of their hotel and they have a flight later in the day and they have a few hours to explore, 
or maybe getting off a cruise ship and getting into Anchorage and have a few hours before their flight. What are some things that folks can do um, that are great things for a short amount of time like that? Yeah, it, it, you know, Anchorage is Anchorage is kind of a gateway. Uh, I, there's probably not very many people that go to Alaska just to go to Anchorage, uh, but uh, most of the people who who come to Alaska will at least pass through Anchorage. And and actually, there's quite a lot to do. I mean, it's it's really worth I think uh, uh, working in an extra day or two uh, in and around Anchorage because there's actually quite a lot of fun stuff to do. Uh, the first thing I would do uh, would be um, just get some information, and um, you know, I'm going to kind of just for simplicity, assume, I figure we'll start from downtown, you know, your downtown Anchorage, right? You, yeah, that sounds good. Uh, got off, got off the plane. You're going to take the train up, up to uh, Denali and Fairbanks or whatever. Um, so right downtown, there are two, um, two really good sources of of information to just kind of get your bearings uh the first one is the public lands information center uh it's in the old courthouse building on fourth avenue uh it's it's really a great spot they have uh they have some displays and interpretive things and it's a it's a sort of a joint uh joint agency operation uh, I went down there the other day. I was going to see if they had any or, or see what's changed since the last time I'd been in there. But unfortunately, they were spending a couple of days doing some um, uh, beginning of season or preseason training for their staff. So it was oh, closed. Yeah. So I wasn't able to get in there. But I've been in there before. And it's, it's I highly recommend it. It's uh, a great place. I totally agree with you about yeah. that. Yeah, and I I would um I'll talk a little more about uh some uh wildlife safety aspects a little later but that would be a good place you know I I know they have some pamphlets and uh displays and things so just kind of take a few minutes and and take a look at that stuff. Um uh, one one kind of insider tip uh leave your pocket knife or leatherman or whatever somewhere else because it is in the it's it's the old courthouse but it's still uh uh a uh an in-use federal courthouse building so you have to go through security screening so yes. you can't 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 <laughs> take a knife or anything like that in with you but other than that that's that's i would definitely uh Hit, that would be one of the first places I would stop. The other, the other place is the, uh, which I know you're familiar with, the, the log cabin visitor center, which is actually, uh, it's sort of uh, diagonal across the same intersection almost with the mm -hmm. uh, the other one, and uh, that's a that's a great place for, uh, particularly for city stuff, you know uh restaurants museums they have some free maps you can get there and and whatnot uh so that's also well worth a, a, a little stop and actually what's nice about that is they have a lot of stuff uh not just anchorage but statewide so you can uh pick up some information for 
perhaps maybe some of the later part of your trip if if yep. you're just just arriving in Anchorage. And if you're a fan of those like National Park Service maps and pamphlets, <laughs> that's a great the the Public Lands Information Center is a great place to collect yeah. a few. Yeah. yeah, they they've got a lot of good stuff. I think uh as one of the things I wanted to check and I wasn't able to, but I think you could actually make your Denali bus reservations right there. Oh, cool. I didn't know uh, that. I, we should verify that because that's my memory, but I hadn't been in there for a couple of years. So uh, I don't know if that's still the case or not. Yeah. Um, laugh, Tom, your, your tip about the, the pocket knife reminds me that when I was in the regional office, also in a federal building, um, the security guards every afternoon would go out and collect all the pocket knives that people had hidden in the flower pots outside the door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Sure. They said there was one almost every day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, um, so that would, that would be something. Then uh, another thing, um, which I haven't actually done it. Uh, it's one of those things when you're a local, you don't do these sorts of things. But there's the uh, the red trolley that goes around. Yes. Uh, and I've I've heard I, I haven't done it myself, but I've I've talked to folks and they, they do a pretty good job apparently. Uh, of just it, it's a good way to uh, just kind of get a oh get a little tour of the city, kind of get your bearings. They'll yep. take you around to all the high spots. They, they stop and, uh, you can get out and take pictures and, and whatnot. Uh, and that actually, I think they pick up right in front of the log cabin visitor center, if I remember yes. correctly. Um, yep. so that would be a good one. Um, other stuff again, just, you know, kind of in the couple hours thing, um, the uh there's the Anchorage Museum, uh, mm -hmm. which is very good. Yes. Uh, there is the uh Alaska Native Heritage Center, which would you'd probably have to uh take a cab or Uber out there, but it's not real far. Um that's out uh kind of on the north end of town. Mm -hmm. Uh lots of good stuff there. And I understand they've actually almost doubled their uh collection of of artifacts and stuff there was another small museum that had uh uh rasmussen's uh collection uh that used to be at um well he was a banker and why do i get digress too far but anyway that uh that little museum closed uh during uh covid and apparently they opted to uh transfer all or almost all of their collection to the uh um uh, native uh heritage center uh i have not been out there to see all the new stuff i'd been to that other small museum and there's some pretty interesting uh native uh artifacts from all over the state uh artwork and lots of lots of cool stuff <clears throat> um of course there's 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 uh more uh 
art galleries and souvenir shops downtown that I could possibly remember. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there are quite so a few. No shortage of those. Uh, I, you know, I the one place I would recommend people check out um, if they can, uh, just because most people don't know about it. The uh, it's the gift shop, or actually, I think they call it the craft shop at the uh, Alaska Native Medical Center at at A and M C. Yes, that's a great tip. Yeah, they have really some really good stuff in there. The thing I like about it is you know that the uh, number one that it's authentic, uh, yep. and number two that the the artist is getting a a, a fair price for their work, which yeah may may or may not be the case uh, other places. Um, they're kind of limited hours. They're I think Monday or Monday through Thursday, like eleven to two, I think. So. Mm-hmm. But if you can get over there, oh, and they actually have a a lot of stuff that's not for sale that's on display throughout the hospital in some of the main corridors and um, stairwells and stuff. They have some pretty amazing um, art pieces, and uh, they have a, I think, a little handout that they'll give you that tells you where where in the complex you can see that stuff. Yeah, it's kind of like a museum inside yeah. a hospital. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, I you know I rarely, if ever, see that ever mentioned in any of the touristy things. And yeah, so that's a I'd really a, good tip. Yeah, a shout out to that. Um, then um, uh, you know, if you want to get a little bit of exercise, and, and I'm still kind of thinking you only have a, a few hours. Um, uh, I would recommend the Anchorage, uh, that was the Tony Knowles coastal trail, yeah. uh, which, you know, starts right downtown. Uh, there are a number of places you can get on it. Uh, you can walk, be an easy walk down to Westchester Lagoon. There's some birding and stuff down there. There's actually, uh, uh, a little salmon run. And I think there's actually two species uh, that come into um, <clears throat> the lagoon and Chester Creek. And they have a, a uh, on the part of the, there's a little boardwalk thing that you can go and, you know, if you're there at the right time, you could actually see the fish coming in. Uh, so that, that'd be interesting. Or just walk on further out the coastal trail. Uh, starting from downtown and going out the coastal trail is the uh, Lightspeed Planet Walk, which was it's kind of a clever thing. It was actually started by a high school student, uh, came up with the idea and kind of researched it. And, and uh, so starting right downtown, uh, it's like Fifth and G, I think, it's right by the Performing Arts Center is the sun. And then it's set up so that at a uh, a leisurely walk, I think they figure about two miles an hour. Uh, you know, it, it's it's sort of uh, calibrated to the amount of time it takes light from the sun to reach the various planets. So from the sun, it's about an eight minute walk, easy walk to the Earth, um, and then. Going out the coastal trail, you go to the various other planets, 
and uh, at each one there's a, a kind of a nice little uh, display, you know, information. Uh, so it's 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 kind of a cool thing to just give people a sense of the of the uh, scale of the solar system because mm -hmm. if you're going to go all the way to Pluto which was still a planet when this thing was built <laughs> back <laughs> in the day when yeah, we when Pluto Pluto's was still a planet it now but i i think they grandfathered Pluto in on the uh, anyway uh uh that's about a 5 hour walk cuz it's about 10 miles out to uh Kid Cade Park if you want so better better to rent a bike and travel at light speed if you or warp yes. speed if you want to go out to Pluto but you know, um, yeah, you just explained a great mystery to me because we've biked, um, used to ride a tandem from downtown out to Kincaid Park sometimes when we would go to Anchorage. I had no idea. I never actually read any of the info. I was just really confused why there was something about Plano or Plano, uh, Pluto or... <laughs> right, <laughs> right. And I would be like, why is there a sign about Neptune here? <laughs> this is all that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, if you had a if you had a couple hours, you could probably get out to Saturn, which is out by Linary Park, kind of not too far from where I live. Uh, like I said, if you're if you want to get beyond Saturn, you, you might want to think about riding a bike uh, uh, or or if you're a hardcore runner, maybe, I guess. Um, and there are anyway, the. The, there are bike rental places in downtown right next to the trail. Yes, yes. So that's there are at least two that are right where you would right within a block of where you would get on the uh coastal trail. And then there's several others around town. Um one of the things you could pick up at one of these information places, hopefully there's a, a new uh Anchorage bike trails map. Uh, it's got a lot of information on it. it it actually has a list of all the bike shops and stuff in town uh so there are places uh the rent bikes or places that'll take you on um <clears throat> on a guided tours uh, we have a wonderful network of of uh, mountain bike trails but that's probably getting more beyond the couple hour visit thing but yes <clears throat> i will is... i am gonna just say that renting a bike is a great way to be able to go further on the coastal trail. And that's Absolutely. something Jay and I have done. And Jay and I have actually rented a tandem bike um, mm. from Pablo <laughs> uh, and ridden like out to the airport, um, yeah. which is a super cool, a super cool ride. And there are a little bit of hills, but for the most part, it's pretty flat. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. Um, I, Maybe it's just a good point to kind of segue uh, and talk a little bit about safety stuff because yeah, um, that's a good idea. When um, really, uh, <clears throat> you know, you can encounter large wildlife. By that, I'm referring to uh, uh, moose or bears, two kinds of bears, uh, black bears and and brown bears. Uh, really anywhere in Anchorage, not real likely right downtown, uh, but it has been known to happen. I, uh, <laughs> I used to work in, uh, well, what's now the Conoco Phillips building and, uh, was Arco building at the time. And, uh, 
one time, this was in the winter, we were looking out of the uh, out of the, our office windows, and uh, there were two young bull moose down on the park strip trying to butt heads, <laughs> which was, uh, you know, kind of like uh, some nature movie, you know, right, oh, right. right in the middle of office. downtown. Mm-hmm. Uh, they kind of look like uh, my, I remember clearly they 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 were appeared to be young bulls and there was I got the kind of the sense they were like well I guess this is what we're supposed to do <laughs> you know they were kind of uh, <laughs> they weren't uh, very good and, and anyway uh, so you know I hope you would look at some of the information that's out there there's pamphlets and and things everywhere around about uh, wildlife safety, but the key things are uh, number one is just situational awareness. You know, don't don't get so absorbed into uh, taking selfies or something that you're that you're you know not aware of uh, of when you uh, meet an animal. Yeah. Uh, number two is common sense. Give them lots of room. Uh, uh, and you know, occasionally I've had cases where there's been a. Uh, uh, well, I'll give you one example. I was out uh, a couple of years ago, rode out uh, out to Kincaid, and turned around and came back, and just uh, oh, not far after I'd left Kincaid Park, um, there were three black bears. <clears throat> right beside the trail i mean like within a yard of the trail uh munching grass and you know they were being good bears and munching grass but uh there was no way to to go by yeah going way closer than you want to be and uh so i sort of stopped and waited and uh bunch of other people came down and stopped that we all kind of waited and then you know eventually uh the uh, the bears moved off the trail far enough that we felt like we could pedal on by. So mm-hmm. uh, you, you have to do that sometimes. Um, situations to be very wary of would be a um, uh, any mama with a baby, whether it's a moose or a bear, uh, just back off and give them plenty of room, and uh, or um, if you if you get any hint that there may be a uh, a kill there uh that might be odor or whatever uh get the hell away from there because uh yeah. a, a bear if a bear has a has killed a, a moose and you know typically it'd be a Either an old uh, old sick moose or a or a young calf, um, <clears throat> they will guard that kill and stay there for several days, uh, and uh, they will definitely protect it and uh, probably try to add you to the cache. If uh, so, that that actually <clears throat> we had uh, oh about a week ago one of the side trails at Kincaid was closed. There was a, a moose kill there with a bear on it. And uh, that's gone now. So um, I think other- that's a really important <clears throat> safety thing that you mentioned, Tom, is like 
if you encounter a trail closure, um, <laughs> you know, it's really, like you said, it's really important to stay out of that area because it may be yeah. because of wildlife activity, even if it's a city park in Anchorage. So yep. I just want to yep. double down on that point that like, if you see a closed trail, it's probably yes. for a good reason. And it's good to stay away from that area. It's really important. Yeah. yeah the I'm... other, the other kind of quick, quick things, particularly with bears is, um, uh, make lots of noise and kind of keep your group together. Um, you know, statistically, the vast majority of bear ballings are people by themselves. Um, and then two or more people or two people is very uncommon. And more than two is exceedingly rare to almost unheard of. Uh, now, that <clears throat> means that the bear has to see you all when it sees you. So if you're you know, if your group is, you know, if you're 50 yards ahead of the rest of your group, you're by yourself effectively. So right. you don't have to be, you know, walking hand in hand, but <clears throat> keep your group together, make lots, you know, if you get into uh, a brushy area where you can't see, you know, I'll, uh, if I'm, if I'm particularly, if I'm by myself and I'm going through uh, some area of poor visibility, I'll, uh, I'll do my blues singer routine, which <laughs> just just about guarantees I won't see any wildlife whatsoever <laughs> uh, uh, or people for that out. matter. Uh, but anyway, uh, so the other safety thing, uh, anyway, I don't want to get too hung up on that. Oh, yeah. One more thing. You know, think about acquiring bear spray. Uh, I know there is a problem that it's kind of expensive and, you know, people may not want to spend 50 bucks for a bear spray that, you know, you can't take it home with you. You can't take it on airplane or anything. Um, but if you're going to be doing much hiking and stuff, you know, I would maybe think of it in terms of, you know, well, okay, I'm how, how much am I spending on this whole trip? You know, right. Uh, and then the other thing is uh, check out Costco. Cause uh uh, I was looking, I was pricing bear spray at REI the other day, and then uh, my wife picked up a two-pack, I think it has holsters too, uh, at Costco for hardly more than you pay for one canister at REI right now. Yeah, Costco is a great place to get it. Yeah. The Juno so anyway, Costco has it too. Yeah. Um, the other and either Jay or Tom... Can either one of you, can you just briefly explain to everyone what bear spray is? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's um, because <laughs> I, I don't want people to think it's like a bear repellent, you know, like you put it on not, yeah, like bug spray. That That's no, not you don't put that's it on not like, the thing. <laughs> no, no, it's it's a it's basically pepper spray. Uh, the same sort of thing that people buy for self-defense. Only these are big canisters mm -hmm. very powerful um and uh the idea is if the bear is charging you you basically put this cloud of nasty stuff in front of it and uh uh and it is nasty i've i've gotten a whiff of it a couple of times uh uh 
true. <laughs> not, not, not spraying bears. I've, I've never at all the time I've been in Alaska, I've never been in a situation where I, uh, needed bear spray. I mean, I've seen bears. I have it, I carry it, but anyway, um, yeah, it's, it's, it, eyes water. It's just, it's really, well, it's meant to be nasty stuff. That's sort yeah. of the whole idea. It's I guess. pretty incapacitating for anyone. It is. Yeah, there. it is. It is. Uh, the you know, times I, I've, times I've, the times I've gotten a whiff with have been, um, uh, <laughs> well, it's a funny story. I was sort of hiking with, uh, a friend of ours who was visiting, who was, who, was not familiar with bear spray. So I sort of like, okay, you know, here's how, here's how you do it. Da, 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 da. And, um, handed it to them, uh, to put on their belt and, and they <laughs> promptly managed to disengage the safety. And oh no, <laughs> this, this oh, individual's, no. uh, uh well, it's a dear friend. I don't want. I I don't. I don't want to. I won't say any more. But it was. It was a little. Just a little accidental, tiny squirt. And uh, but the wind was sort of blowing it back on us. And it's like, oh God. Uh, anyway, um, the I, other I, safety thing. I don't want to get too hung up on on bears because, you know, like I said, in all these years I've been in Alaska, I've never been charged by a bear. I've never had to use bear spray uh it's really a pretty uncommon really to have an issue but it does happen um the other safety issue is uh as you go out the coastal trail is the mud flats and um there are a couple actually kind of at high tide a couple of nice little beaches on your way out uh to Kincaid at a couple spots uh, they're nice little sandy beaches and that's perfectly safe to go on those. At low tide, you realize that beach is just a kind of a thin little ribbon along the shore. And then there's this kind of gray um, <coughs> uh, mud flats that depending on where you're at and the, and the uh, tide stage uh, could literally go for miles out from you do not go out on the mud flats uh you wouldn't want to anyway because it it's terribly messy and it's stuff is hard to get off and I, our dog has run out there a few times and uh, that's not a not a happy happy thing um but in places uh that mud is is actually kind of like quicksand and you can get stuck in it and it's almost impossible to extricate yourself. And of course, the only reason you're able to walk on the mud flats is because it's low tide. Uh, but then you get stuck and then the tide comes back in. Uh, the fire departments have developed some tools and techniques to extricate people, but uh, that only works if they get there in time. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, the Girdwood Volunteer Fire Department rescued someone down by 20 Mile River who'd gotten stuck. That was a happy ending. And then just a few days ago, actually, I think last Sunday uh, at Hope, which is right across Turning an Arm, uh, a gentleman uh, 
visitor to the state uh, got stuck in the mud. Uh, problem is, it's about oh, an hour, give or take, for Girdwood Fire to get to Hope. And uh, by the time they got out there, the tide had come in and the man drowned. So uh, there's no reason to go out on the mud flats. Don't go out on the mud flats. <laughs> enough, enough said. It's really important <clears throat> advice. So anyway, didn't I don't want to get into a big, big rant about that, but uh, that's just uh, just something to uh, be aware of. No, and 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 a pointless way to get hurt. Yeah, yeah, and well, like I said, I mean, even uh, you know, a lot of the mud flats are are actually solid enough to walk on. The problem is you can't really tell by looking at it, and you know, right. Once you're in it, you're you're in it. Uh, it's, like I said, if you get in. Well, you know, you try to lift one foot out and that just causes the other leg to sink in deeper. And uh, so anyway. Uh, the other thing about it is that that area, the tide moves so much faster than people are accustomed to. Yes. Almost yes. anywhere else in the in the world, the tide moves so fast. Uh, the yeah. tourniquet actually has a bore tide sometimes, which looks like a, just like a wave coming in and there's like a couple of feet of water behind it that wasn't there in front of it, which is. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll mention that a little bit later on when we get into kind of maybe longer okay. outings. Um, anyway. Um, yeah. So then, you know, moving up to maybe, you know, if you have, um, say you got a half day um, and still thinking in terms of without a car, um, uh, well, we talked about renting a bike and and going out the coastal trail. Um, there's some some interesting spots along the coastal trail. I mentioned there's there's some nice. Well, I mentioned the Planet Walk, um, uh, a little beach by Linary Park. That's uh, kind of nice. Earthquake Park is pretty fascinating. I'm you know I'm a geologist geophysicist by by. Uh, training and, and interest. And, uh, it's pretty fascinating. That is where, uh, a whole neighborhood basically during the 64 earthquake, uh, was a, uh, triggered a big landslide and, uh, uh, well, not the whole neighborhood, but a, a significant part of it, uh, was involved in a, in this big landslide. And that was where quite a number of the fatalities uh, in Anchorage from the 64 quake were, uh, so if you ride out, you know, <clears throat> walk or ride out to earthquake park, uh, there's, there's some interpretive displays out there, uh, that are, that are kind of interesting. There's also a little side trail out there called inside the slide. Uh, and it's, you know, if you go where, you're kind of going pedaling along the coast and then the trail takes a kind of a hard left away from the water and then makes uh, eventually makes a kind of a hard right turn and then goes on up to the actual uh, the, the displays I was just talking about or right where at that second turn, there's a little, there's a small sign there and there's this nice little 
path. It's not more than about a half a mile walk um, that you can take that um, actually really kind of gets you into the into the into the guts of the of the uh, slide. I guess you'd say there there are little um, periodically there are little uh, signs explaining. Um, you know, one feature or another. So that's kind of interesting. I would warn people, number one, that trail and any of the other, or most of the other little side trails out there are going to be, uh, potentially be quite muddy. Um, and then the other thing is they could also be quite buggy. Uh, you know, Tom, I was just thinking about <laughs> the bugs there in Earthquake Park, and I was going to say, I was going to mention that if you didn't, it, it, there's, yeah, it can be really yeah. buggy in there. Well, and, and this year, you know, we had, we've had a big snow year and we've had a late spring. And, uh, so there's a lot more, I mean, there's always standing water. It's kind of the nature of these landslides that there leave lots of, uh, little ponds and puddles uh, on the surface of them. And so there's always some standing water out there, which is why Earthquake Park can be pretty buggy. But uh, this year might be a better year for that. So if you're, it's not too bad, you know, if you're cruising through on a bike on the paved trail, on the coastal trail. But uh, if you're going to uh, explore around much out there, uh, I would highly recommend uh, long pants, long sleeves, and and take some bug dope with you. Uh, For sure. Because uh, you'll probably want it. Um, yeah. Anyway, so uh, Earthquake Park, um, then you can go on out beyond there, Point Ron's off. There's a couple of little hills. Uh, there's one kind of short, steep one right at Earthquake Park, and then there's a couple of... Uh, somewhat longer not quite as steep but a little longer hills as you go up to runs off uh but you know if your people are experienced bike riders are not that big a deal and they're short enough if you're you know you just walk the bike up if if you had to <clears throat> um so then out uh out to uh to uh, Kincaid Park is about oh about ten mile ten to eleven miles from from downtown. I should mention the the mileage uh, signs on the coastal trail were redone a couple of years ago. And originally, mile zero was down at Westchester Lagoon. Um, and that left a little part of the trail that went back towards downtown that was kind of part of the coastal trail, but it really wasn't in the miles, if I'm if you understand what I'm saying. So right. so they they adjusted that. So and it's about a mile difference. The it the the signage that's there now uh is is good uh but if you pick up some publications and things some of them may may still have the old uh <clears throat> uh mile posts i guess uh uh i noticed actually i was looking for a 
just a, a mileage chart and I, the one I pulled up off the city's website still has the old mile post. Uh, mm-hmm. They haven't updated. It's not a, the distances haven't changed. It's just where they start from. Yeah. They start uh, measuring it differently. Yeah, so, so, you know, if you see something that says, well, Kincaid is, is uh, at, you know, mile uh, nine point something, you know, now it's like mile 10 point nine or seven or something like mm-hmm. that. I think. Yep. Um, anyway, um, those Kincaid park, uh, would be, if you rode all the way out to the end of the coastal trail, uh, Kincaid park is an old Nike missile battery actually from the cold war and the facilities out there are, <clears throat> are, um, most of them are some of the old missile launching bunkers, uh, which is it's kind of interesting, but it may explain because I, I think you might get out there and say, wow, these are odd buildings, you know, but they were uh, <clears throat> they were built for a different purpose than they're now being used for. Let's put it that way. Right. Uh, I think there's a couple small little displays out there uh, that, you know, it's not a it's not a big uh uh, Nike interpretive site or anything, but but there is that aspect of it. And there's all kinds of, uh, <clears throat> you know, in the wintertime, we have a world-class uh, cross-country ski area out there. Uh, and and then since then, uh, they've added uh, a network of bike trails that are kind of woven in amongst the ski trails. Uh, so these are would be, <clears throat> you know, mountain bike, in the summer, uh, fat tire mountain bike in the winter uh, trails, but you know, you most most of them you're fine to walk on. I think a couple of them may may have uh, where there's like a fast downhill. They may have a sign saying, uh, you know, you maybe don't want to walk here because people come zooming down really fast. But um, anyway, <laughs> good so, tip. Um, one of my favorite rides, and I, you kind of mentioned a little bit earlier, is to uh, uh, ride around Lake Hood. Uh, and <clears throat> so starting from Earthquake Park, it's about a seven and a half mile ride. There's a bunch of variations, so it could be a little more, a little less, depending exactly how you went. But um Go past Earthquake Park to uh, Postmark Drive. There's a kind of a big parking area and stuff there, and then you ride down Postmark, which takes you right along Anchorage International Airport, and then cut over at uh, what's it called Lake Hood Street. I'll, I should say I'll send you a uh, uh, a track of that. Okay. But anyway, I'll, I'll just d- discuss it really briefly, but you just go out to, uh, um, uh, follow postmark, hang a left on, uh, Lake hood drive. And then, uh, that takes you over to the lake. So the, just geographically, there's the international airport, Lake hood. And then there's, which is the seaplane float plane base. And then on the other side of Lake Hood is another uh, runway, which is uh, it's the Lake Hood airstrip, which small 
small aircraft. The cool thing about doing the ride around the lake is um, there's some neat stops. You can stop at the uh, Aviation Museum, uh, which is, you know, if you're into airplanes, that's that's worth the stop. Definitely. Um, uh, if it's a nice day to the um, uh, the lake, I think it's called Lakefront Hotel now. It, yes. Uh, it's that changed, deck. changed names about. Yeah, it's the lakefront. <laughs> yeah, it's changed yeah. names several times in the 30 or so years I've lived in Anchorage. So I, I always want to call it the Millennium, which is what it was when I first moved here. Oh, but, OK. But, I didn't but anyway, know it at, when it was the Millennium. Yeah, at the at the uh, hotel, they have a, a, their restaurant there has a, like a little outdoor uh, patio uh, dining area, uh, on the side, on the lake side of the hotel. So it makes a really nice ride to, you know, you get halfway around the lake, stop, have lunch, uh, you know, uh, your, your favorite beverage and relax a bit and then continue your ride. And, and, you know, while you're having lunch, you could watch the float planes. Uh, it's, that is really cool. Yeah. Uh, it's and a great, great way to spend an afternoon or a day. If you go on around the, the lake, and, and this is one of the other things, it's, well, I like it for several reasons. Number one, in the summertime, there's a lot of activity over there. There's planes coming and going all the time, people uh, loading and unloading for all sorts of trips to all sorts of um, cool places. And um <clears throat> Because of the the layout, um, part of the road that you're riding along is uh, is also a taxiway for aircraft, and so I have a I have a picture uh, somewhere. I have to dig it out of. Uh, uh, I I got off my bike, so it's a picture of my bike and uh, airplane crossing the road. And a sign that says uh, "Yield to Aircraft." Yeah, there's several places on trails in Anchorage like that. Yeah, where I can't remember. There's one that I've skied on where you like ski across a runway. I can't remember where that is, but uh, it's somewhere in town. Yeah, yeah. When you see a stop sign that says "Yield to Planes," it's like a really good idea to stop and like actually yield to planes. (laughs) Well, it's, yeah, it's, it's usually a good good idea to stop at stop signs and look both ways anyway. Yes, Particularly yes. if there's a uh, propeller-driven airplane that's uh, crossing. Uh, For sure. So uh, anyway, that's that's a, a fun ride, interesting ride. A little you can take a little side uh, trip off of that. There's a I can't remember what it's called, but there's a little side road that runs out on a kind of a peninsula and at the end of it is the uh what is it alaska airmen's association clubhouse or something which you know there it's a private facility you can't really go in but it's on a little point and there's uh there's kind of a dock that goes around it and and they don't seem to mind if you get out and walk around it and it's the perfect spot because you can see uh really a big uh, portion of the lake because it's kind of depends on the wind which which part of the lake they're taking off and landing on 
and uh, but from there you can usually whatever's going on you probably got a pretty decent view of it um, so anyway that's that's kind of a kind of a fun ride um, let's see yeah so then you know that's all stuff you can do even if you don't have a car oh yeah I, yeah the other thing i was going to mention um uh hike up flat top uh and you know, flat top yeah that's is, a good one yeah it's, uh, it's the most climbed mountain in alaska it's you know you could pick it out from most parts of town because it's flat on top uh right <laughs> It had, you know, amazingly enough, uh, and uh, uh, there's a shuttle that runs from uh, downtown and takes you up to Flat Top, and then uh, you can go hike. I think they hang around up there for four hours or so, something like yeah, that. Yeah, that I've never right. again as a local. I've you know, I just drive my own car up there. I don't. Yep. Um, it's a nice super cool it, option though for folks who don't have a car and want to yeah. go on a hike like that's the way to go is the shuttle to flat top for sure yeah and and that's it so flat top the the trailhead there is a place called Glen alps and that's kind of a real hub of trails uh around so besides having one of the most popular hikes starting there there's a bunch of other hikes uh, it's also just about the best place to get up high and get kind of an overview of the city. So, you know, when we have visitors, uh, quite often, you know, we'll, if it's a nice day, you know, we'll, if we have family visiting or something, we'll pick them up at the airport and, and drive up the flat top and just get a kind of get an overview of the of the city you know if it's if it's clear you can see denali and and uh uh forker and you know the big alaska range peaks uh yeah uh, even if you, you don't do the hike the view is still pretty yeah, great yeah, even from it, the, the trailhead view, yeah well it's it's a nice it's you know and if you have um if you have folks in your group who are say you know a little bit mobility challenged uh uh that's nice because the the view spot is oh gosh it's can't be more than a couple hundred yards from where you park and uh, I think it's a fully handicap accessible trail up to that view spot now there's a couple trails out there one of them I think is um, <clears throat> you know you could get up there even with a a wheelchair or something like that. Uh, great view. Uh, there's some other shorter hikes. If you're not up for doing flat top, you can go up Blueberry Hill, which is, um, <clears throat> well, it's, it's on the, it's part of the flat top trail, but, uh, it's, you know, shorter, less, less, uh, strenuous, but, uh, very nice, nice view from the, from the top of Blueberry Hill and probably just about anyone could hike up there uh, the hike up flat top from that side uh the very last part at the top is uh it's there's a little bit of a rock scramble and some very um well let's say there's a couple spots where you probably wouldn't want to trip over your shoelace 
because yeah. you could get hurt. Some, some, I guess what I'm saying is uh, most people don't have a problem with it. Uh, some folks who are a little more sensitive to uh, uh, heights and stuff find it a little bit intimidating. Um, yeah. But uh, but the good thing is you don't have to go all the way to the very top to get most of the you know the view and and everything else. Yep. Uh, there's the other nice thing about taking the shuttle up there is because this is such a because Glen Alps is such a trail hub. Uh, it's sometimes hard on a nice afternoon, particularly on a weekend. Uh, it's very hard to find a parking spot, uh, but if you take the shuttle, that's kind of not your problem. That's the the shuttle guy's yeah. job to worry about that. So, um, uh, there th that option. Um, there's another trail up flat top that goes up. Most people refer to it as the backside of flat top. I think the official name is the Sunnyside Trail. Uh, that starts from a totally different trailhead. Uh, you probably need a car to get there. Uh, the nice thing about that one is it's it's a new trail. It's it's very well graded. There's no uh, no exposure or anything on that trail uh, at all. So you know, folks who may be not a little bit maybe a little bit uncomfortable with the uh, the the traditional trail up flat top can uh, go go up that way. I mentioned a little bit maybe about trails in Alaska too. Um, many of our trails are, you know, started out as uh, <clears throat> you know uh, game trails or or uh, you know some of the old trappers and prospectors and. Um, Quite a few of the original trails are basically kind of go straight up the hill, um, which wasn't so bad when there weren't very many people doing doing it. But uh, as they become more popular, those routes tend to be uh, kind of a muddy a muddy shoot sometimes, and so uh, the good news is we're we're slowly getting a lot of our more popular trails are getting kind of upgraded and, and, uh, uh, and you'll see that, uh, well, like at Glen Alps, if you just look up towards flat top, you can see where one of the old, uh, original routes kind of went straight up the hill. And it's just this kind of a scar that runs down, the, down the hill. So if you're on one of the trails, uh, I mean, good trail etiquette anywhere is don't cut switchbacks, but, Particularly, you know, we're around here. We're we're trying to get our trails improved, and so if if it's if somebody's gone to the trouble to uh, to put in nice switchbacks instead of the straight up the hill route, um, stay on the trail on the good trail. So anyway, that is really good advice. <laughs> It'll make it more fun too. Well, yeah. we're gonna take a short break, and when we come back. We're going to hear a little more from Tom about what to do if you have a little more time. Hello, everyone. We're the guys behind the mics on Drinking and Talking Animals. I'm Bob. I'm Mark. I'm George. 
If you're an adventurous drinker such as ourselves, and you're tired of choosing what you want to drink while learning about animals, then why not just sit back, pop in your earbuds, and let us take you on an adventure? What would you drink if we were going to talk about wild turkeys, Mark? Wild turkey rare breed barrel proof bourbon, of course. Okay, that one was easy. What would you drink if we talked about crab eating macaque, George? When I when I think of macaques, I think of ginger beer. <laughs> yeah, I'll say that again. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I wouldn't be able to say it without laughing. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone gets where we're going at this point, and we hope you'll join us every Saturday morning for a couple of laughs, a couple of drinks, and a handful of snacks. You can find us at thechatternetwork.com and most major podcast platforms. Are we ever going to talk about pandas, George? God, I hope not. And it's not that I hate pandas. I just, I, I hate what they've become. <laughs> Okay, we are back with Tom Plowman, long-term Anchorage resident, uh, search and rescue volunteer, geologist, outdoor enthusiast, and we are talking about fun things for visitors to do in Anchorage from a local's perspective. So, Tom, um, what about, so mostly we've talked so far about people who have kind of a short time, maybe a day or part of a day in Anchorage. What about people who have more time, more time to maybe get out of town or do a hike or go other places? What are some of your go-to suggestions for for visitors who have a little more time? Yeah, um, sure. Um, well, yeah, I, mean, I already mentioned the the uh, the backside or sunny side of Flattop. Uh, I, I really recommend that trail um uh the um another place uh well particularly if people are interested in birding uh would be potter's marsh uh which is just down at the uh south end of town oh, yeah, uh, the boardwalk down down there uh which actually i i you know i hadn't actually been on the boardwalk and I couldn't tell you how many years. I mean, I've driven by there hundreds of times because it's kind of on the way to other places. Uh, they've expanded it. So there's now about a, uh, a full mile of boardwalk there. Uh, it's in two parts, uh, great place, uh, for birding. It's, it's one of the must stops. You will always see folks with, uh, uh, you know, huge camera lenses and whatnot down there. Um, there's a little salmon run that comes in there. And again, so depending on when you're there, you might see, be, see them salmon coming into spawn. Um, another good trail, uh, the Turnigan trail runs basically follows above the highway, uh, along a good portion of turning an arm and there's there's kind of three segments the the part i'd recommend would be the middle segment uh makes just a nice uh a nice hike uh mm -hmm. you if you you could do it with a car you know put a car at either end but i'm assuming people only have you know one one vehicle uh 
do it as an out and back. And what I would do is go to uh, Rainbow and then uh, hike up the trail there. It's a very pretty, uh, kind of pretty valley. You get, you're away from the highway enough that you're not really conscious of that. Uh, and there's quite a lot of variety on that stretch. Um, Eagle River Nature Center out uh, Eagle River Road. Uh, there's a whole network of trails out there, and that's actually one end of the uh, uh, the Crow Pass uh, uh, trail, which would be a, a backpack if folks are uh, start from over near Girdwood and then comes out by Eagle River. Um, so that's one. Um, you know, there's, um, there's innumerable hikes, uh, you know, as long as I've lived here, there's still a whole lot of, whole lot of hikes I have not done. Uh, so, you know, there, there are a number of good hiking books around, uh, you know, so folks are going to be in Anchorage for, for a while. They may want to pick one of those up or, you know, or go and, uh, peruse it at a bookstore or something yeah that (laughs) that south hiking south central alaska book that's published by the mountaineers that's a great one well you're talking are you talking about the new uh 55 ways or which or the uh the uh, one that i have is just called hiking south central alaska it's kind of a little uh smallish book yeah yeah Yeah. it is yeah, there's yeah, there's that one, uh, the Fifty Five Ways, which is um, for a long time that was the only hiking guide around, and it went through two or three editions. Uh, the uh, we've actually gotten to know the principal author of that, Helen Neenhauser, uh, and she's in her eighties now. Well, her uh, her son and granddaughter. Uh, uh, took up the took up the uh, cause and have have come out with a uh, a brand new uh, edition. Uh, oh, that's cool. Uh, that has a lot of longer trips, um, not just around Anchorage, uh, but the whole South Central area. But it, it, the whole kind of weekend, you know, range. Let's say of uh, you know. Uh, uh with say, say within a uh, hundred miles or so of, of Anchorage. Uh that's a that's a really good book. Um so there are there are a bunch of them and then there are a lot of the uh well like Chugat State Park uh has some trail guides uh that are available to download online. I can certainly send you a link for that. Uh so that's that's a good that would be awesome we can put that in the show notes that would be a great resource for yeah um so yeah there are just all kinds of hikes uh uh then um the other thing uh to do and not just hikes but kind of driving things and stuff it would be to drive down turning an arm uh jay mentioned the boar tide uh and uh people actually surf the boar tide uh, it's i and and lately the uh, what is it this uh kite surfing has become 
pretty popular in turning it arm, mainly because it's often windy there. Yeah. And, uh, so it, that's that's kind of interesting. Do stay off the mudflats. Uh, uh, the surfers and stuff kind of, well, they, they generally find a way to paddle out there without walking on the mud, I think. Um, but uh, do not do not walk on the mud flats. Did I mention that already? <laughs> and um, once or twice, yes. Yeah, <laughs> but it's a really important safety tip. Well, like like I and say, not it's an kinda, obvious one, so it's yeah. really important. You know, uh, so when you get to Girdwood, uh, there's the uh, take a look right when you're about. Do you get to the? Uh, to the turnoff from the main highway off the Seward Highway into Girdwood, uh, look out toward to your right out towards the inlet, and you'll see a bunch of old dead white uh, trees out there. And that's what people refer to as a ghost forest. And that actually was a result of the 64 earthquake. <laughs> uh, some areas around were uplifted. Uh, and some areas, for example, along Turnigan Arm, the the ground actually uh, dropped. Um, along Turnigan Arm, in places, it actually dropped. I think uh, as much as two meters. Uh, so the salt water kind of encroached and into the roots of these spruce trees and killed them. So you, you see, you'll see ghost forests all all around Cook Inlet and Prince William Sound and, and whatnot, uh, that happens to be one that's, I guess, one of the easier, closer ones to see from Anchorage. Uh, go into Girdwood, you can take the, um, uh, take the tram, if it's a nice day, take the tram up to the uh, top of the, of the ski area or up, up to the, uh, doesn't go to the very tippy top, but anyway, uh, uh, there's a restaurant up there. I've not, I've not eaten at that restaurant. I'm sure it's probably pretty good. I know it's expensive. Um, if you're looking for a, uh, a good conditioning hike, that's also easy on the knees, which usually is not the case. Because most of the time, if you hike up something, you have to hike back down it. Um, they only charge uh, for the tram. They only charge you when you're uh, for the ride up. Um, so there is a the North Face Trail, which goes up the North Face of of Alaska Ski Resort. Um, that's a a very long, um, pretty gnarly double black diamond ski run in the wintertime. Uh, there's a hiking trail that goes up and it's quite steep, uh, gains about 2000 feet in two miles. So it's, uh, pretty sustained. And, uh, so you can hike up, get a good workout. The upper part of that trail, particularly, uh, it, once you get above the uh, the trees and and alders and stuff, it is um, very very well. The whole thing is pleasant, but it's you know you have nice views and stuff up there. Uh, and then you can ride the tram down and save your knees, um, which is kind of nice. Yeah. Uh, 
let's see from Girdwood. Um, oh yeah, there's uh, one thing I haven't done. I it's brand new. They've put a suspension bridge across the top of um, what's called Christmas and New Year's shoots, which are um, some pretty uh, challenging ski runs in the winter. There are these gullies that run down the North Face. So they've, uh, at the very top, they have uh, uh, added a, it's a very kind of, it's bas basically a couple of cables with a, um, uh, a, a narrow little uh, kind of catwalk in the middle. I mean, it's, it's about as basic a suspension bridge as you can get. Yeah, uh, it's like a rope with a few boards is what it looked like to me when I saw their press release. I was like, yeah, what? Yeah, this um, is crazy. Uh, you you have to do it with a guide. I think they put you in a harness and you uh, uh, stay clipped into uh, one of those cables. Uh, yeah. It looks pretty exciting. Uh, yeah, that's one way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, there's, uh, I believe there's still, a, there was a uh, climbing guide service that was operating. I, th I think they're still doing that down there. Um, there's a small glacier right at the top of, of uh, Alieska, though. Uh, so they'll take you up there and you can hike around on the glacier and, and whatnot. Uh, so there's... Uh, uh, that stuff and yeah it's and there's lots of other hikes and good stuff to do around girdwood yeah Some good That's places a great day trip from good places for sure eat. um another um just going a little further down turning an arm you can uh go to whittier you go through the tunnel um you have to time it right because it's a basically a one one lane road that follows or runs on the railroad track that runs through the tunnel so there's times it's uh when there's trains going through and then they'll open it first one direction then the other uh, anyway you get over to Whittier um uh, there's some hiking and stuff over there uh you can do some there's it's a it's kind of the gateway to Prince William Sound. There's uh, kayak uh, outfits over there. You know, you you could uh, do a do a kayak tour. A uh, one fun thing over there is the um, what's it called? Twenty, I think it's twenty six Glacier Cruise. Yeah, uh, they have a. Uh, these, that is an awesome tour. Yeah, we we have done that. We had we had some uh, visitors, and we we went over and did that with them one time. Uh, that's that's kind of a fun fun cruise to do out of Whittier. Um, other day trips, Eclutna uh, Lake. Uh, you can drive up to Eclutna Lake. There's again hiking up there. Uh, if you have a bike, uh, uh, you can ride in along the. Um, there's there's a road that's not open to. You know, it's not open for cars anymore. Public cars but you can ride uh mountain bikes in on the road there's an outfit up there that rents kayaks and does tours on the Clutena lake um 
another another fun one is to go out uh Matanuska Valley um to drive up to uh uh well I stop at the Matanuska Glacier. Uh it's a great little viewpoint along the highway there. Uh you could also go over to the glacier. Um there is you have to cross uh, a bridge across the river that's privately owned and they so they there's a so people they kind of own the the access to the glacier i guess so they're for a uh a pretty modest fee you can get in there and w walk around on the very lower end of the glacier where in the summertime the snow is all gone that's it's pretty safe there uh, uh you know you're not going to fall in a crevasse or anything right at the end and then they have uh they also do some tours out of there where they take you on a little more extended tour of the glacier. We had some family visiting um, and they did one of those tours. And actually the person leading it was, uh, I think a graduate student in glaciology or something. So it was actually a pretty, uh, very informative, uh, extremely knowledgeable guide on that. I, I don't know that that's always the case, but uh, the, Folks I know who did their one of their tours up there spoke very highly of it. So, oh, that's uh, awesome. Um, you could go to Seward, a day trip to Seward. You know, that's probably um, well. Oh, backing up Matanuska Glacier, and then I would continue on up to um, Sheep Mountain Lodge. Maybe have uh, have dinner there or something. Yeah. That's a very beautiful yep. spot out there. You know, that's a Oh, probably two and a half hours or so to drive up there. So it's kind of at the, you know, much further than that kind of becomes more, more, not really a day not trip. Not really anymore. a day trip. Yeah. Um, yeah. Going on back to the Seward Highway, um, you know, if you go on past Whittier, uh, uh, you know, you, mentioned taking the the turn off to go or go to Whittier um there's Alaska Wildlife Center down there yeah right at Portage uh, which has lots of um various animals and a pretty it's you know very open it's it's not like a zoo where they're in cages I guess is what I'm saying but uh there's you know they have <clears throat> usually have uh brown bears, grizzly bears in there and all sorts of things. So that's, that's worth a visit. Yeah. It is a uh, great place for wildlife, especially wildlife photography. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or go on, uh, down to Seward. Seward's about, Oh, I'd, I'd allow, I'd, I'd figure on a probably two and a half hours, two and a quarter hours to drive down there. I should say, um, any of these places on the Seward Highway, you know, Girdwood, Whittier, Seward. Um, well, you know, there's an old joke in Alaska. We get nine months of winter and three months of construction. Right. And uh, this year, our three months <laughs> is going to, a lot of that construction is going to be on the Seward Highway. They're doing a, quite a lot of upgrades. So if I were going to head down that way, I'd, I'd allow a little extra time, 
um, because you may have to wait, uh, you know, at a at a flag uh, flag stop or something <clears throat> for the construction. If I were going to do a if I were going to Seward and want to do one of the Kenai Fjord tours, which I highly recommend. Uh, so you you know you need to be down there in time to meet your boat. I definitely would uh, allow a lot of extra time. Yes, just for, for the sure. drive. Uh, the other thing besides construction, um, particularly in the summer, there are a lot of wrecks on that road, and it sometimes gets closed for several hours at a time if there's a you know while they're dealing with a, a major accident. So I definitely factor factor in a, a, a time cushion, I guess, if you're going to go down the Seward Highway. Um, let's see, other kind of day trippy places, um, Hatcher Pass. Um, go yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Up to Hatcher Pass, uh, the, um, there's the mine up there. You can tour, that's the state park. Um, you can tour some of the old mine buildings, uh, there's lots of lots of neat hiking to to do up there. You can drive over Hatcher Pass, and then you come out um, up by Willow uh, on the Parks Highway. Um, that road typically doesn't open until oh, probably late June or so. I think most years, early July, maybe some years. Um, like I said, it's been a big snow year this year, so. <clears throat> um depends on when you're whether whether you could drive all the way over the pass or not kind of depends on on when you get up here um let's see oh arctic valley is another good one um this is yeah just uh north of town um it's a little ski area up there uh again there's some great accessible hikes um, I was, when I first, I have to tell a funny story. When I first moved to Anchorage, uh, one of the first places I went hiking using the, you know, 55 ways hike book was, uh, up to Arctic Valley. And I'm, you know, I'm thinking, oh yeah, I'm going to get out in the wilderness. And, uh, boy, that day there were people all over the mountainside up there. You know, I was like, what the heck is this all about? Well, I learned it was berry season. Uh, so if you're here later in the summer when the berries are ripe, um, if you want to go pick berries, uh, Arctic Valley is probably one of the um, easiest, most accessible places to uh, to get to. And, and like I said, for uh, a, a a few days there, like the first time I went up there, uh, it's a very busy place because lots of people in Anchorage are uh, um, very into picking berries. Uh, yeah, my wife uh, being one of them. Uh, we have a generally have a whole freezer full of berries by the end of the summer, which gets us through the winter. Right. Uh, um. Anyway, so that's um. That's another one. Um, whew, what else? What else do we want to talk about? Uh, the, you know, and you could, if you're around for a couple of days, you could easily do um, do a couple of those. You know, go to 
uh, go yep. to Seward, do one of the Kenai Fjords tours uh, one day, go to, um, you know, Arctic Valley or Hatcher Pass or, or uh, um, Matanuska Glacier or Sheep Mountain Lodge uh, one day. So that's what I say. You could easily spend a couple of days seeing and doing some pretty cool stuff um, just based out of Anchorage. Totally. I completely agree. Those are all really fantastic suggestions, Tom. Thank you so much. Well, we have a couple ra- couple wrap-up questions for you. Oh, um, yeah. If actually, could I add one thing sure. to? Yeah. Yeah. The other thing I was going to mention, just uh, a couple of, um, a couple of kind of mostly local businesses, but people do, people might um, find handy. Um, I mentioned the, the craft shop at the Native Medical Center. Of course, we have a a great REI. Anybody in Anchorage can point you to the REI. Uh, <laughs> uh, that same uh, uh, Northern Lights there, which is kind of the main drag through Midtown, um, there's uh, a place called Hoarding Marmot, which is a outdoor consignment store. Yes. So if you get to Anchorage and you suddenly realize, oh my God, I forgot my uh, sleeping bag or something, um, I'd definitely go and check out Hoarding Marmot. You know, we've we've like most outdoorsy people who've been at it a while. You know, you collect a whole garage full of stuff that you don't use anymore, and and um, we've. Uh, taken stuff over there and then we you get credit for that and then we've turned around and used that sometimes uh for stuff we needed or or whatnot or or if we have visitors and um so anyway hoarding marmots a good spot uh amh uh if you google it it's alaska mountaineering and hiking that's a little local mountain shop particularly if if someone is into um uh uh, climbing, uh, any kind of mountaineering stuff. Um, AMH is kind of the go-to place, particularly if you need, you know, knowledgeable advice. Um, and then, um, one other place, uh, you know, a lot of people come up, I'm, I'm, I've done a little bit of fishing, but I'm probably in the minority of Alaskans who's not a, uh, 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 avid, uh, fishermen, but, um, if folks, uh, need fishing gear or, uh, more, you know, if you're going to be in the coastal areas, you, a lot of people like kind of more traditional heavy duty rain gear, uh, or if you want to buy, um, if you're going to be in the coastal area and you want to get a pair of extra tufts and, uh, try to blend in with the locals, uh, uh, I'd go to B and J um, Sporting Goods, which is also on Northern Lights. It's another local place, and uh, maybe you guys should explain what extra tufts are. You've lived in Southeast, right? Yes. <laughs> They're the only footwear you need. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel like it, you don't see them quite as much in Anchorage 
as you do in other parts of Alaska. Well, I see them all the time in Anchorage. I don't know. Yeah, they're still there a lot, but maybe not and, on every single person. Yeah, if if you're in coastal areas, if you're in Seward or Homer or, or any of those places, yeah, about every other person's got they're what they are for our listeners who aren't into the inside uh, joke here. Um, Exertuffs are these kind of brown rubber knee-high boots. Uh, they are like the standard wear for commercial fishermen, uh, kayakers. Uh, uh, yeah, if, if if you want to try to blend in, get some extra tufts. And if you want to spend a few extra bucks, you can get the Salmon Sisters extra tufts, which have the cool little design when you roll the top down so then you can really super cool. worth it yeah i have those Ah, <laughs> uh, okay there you go um anyway yeah and then of course there's all sorts of restaurants and stuff but i just wanted to mention those those shops as places that people might find handy if they need uh you know if you get up here and realize you're or they lost they lost some of your luggage with some of your gear or or you forgot it or whatever uh those are places that you can uh equip yourself for your alaskan adventures thank you those are fantastic tips and that is the kind of stuff people need in anchorage too because like you said it's like you arrive and you forgot something or your bag is lost and you need a rain jacket and all that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Are we ready for the last couple wrap-up questions? I, um, I, I'm ready as I'm going to get. Okay. Is, is this a quiz or? A <laughs> it's fortunately not. It's only a quiz of your own brain, and it's just two questions. So hopefully oh. it'll be easy. <laughs> okay. Okay. So the first one is. What is your, and these are questions we ask everybody who comes on the podcast because it's uh -huh. kind of fun to have like some things that, you know, over after you listen to like 20 episodes, you have lots of great restaurant recommendations, for example. Uh, so okay. the first one is what is your favorite month of the year in Anchorage? My favorite month of the year in Anchorage. Um, <clears throat> I guess I would have to say probably uh, late May, early June. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's the days are long. Uh, you know, typically on the average, that's kind of the best weather around Anchorage. Uh, although, yeah, you, you wouldn't convince any one of it today because it's been kind of rainy out today but um anyway yeah so um you know memorial day to um and to june i guess would probably be my favorite yeah. time yeah. And, and you know part of it part of that too is you know you're coming off of the winter and like really eager to do summer stuff and yeah. you know the days are incredibly long so anyway awesome great answer love it okay finally Tell us your favorite restaurant in Anchorage. My favorite restaurant. Yes. Um, I'm torn between two places. Can I give you two? You can give us two. Okay. Okay. Um, my two favorite places uh, would be 
the Hearth, which is a little wood-fired pizza place off of um, it's kind of in Midtown, off of Benson. Um, you know, Moose's Tooth has awesome pizza. I'm sure you've had people recommend Moose's Tooth, or <clears throat> yes, the Hearth Hearth has a uh, a little bit different menu, but it's it's really good wood-fired pizza, nice you know beer wine selection there, and and uh, and it's it's we like it also because it's close to our house. So yeah. Uh, and then the other, the other place, I guess, would be Snow City Cafe downtown. Yeah. Um, there, that's pretty hard to beat. It uh, is. But there are lots of other good places. I could rattle off a few of you. <laughs> I think that's, I think that's good because we're building up this whole, with all these different episodes, sure. like a whole catalog of, um, favorite restaurants. So those are great wonderful additions. So Tom, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing all of your wisdom and knowledge about Anchorage with folks who are planning on visiting. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, it was, you know, it was kind of fun, uh, you know, and as, as a, uh, as, as a local, I I found it kind of interesting because there's a lot of stuff that, well, you know, I don't, pay attention to yeah. shuttle shuttles up the flat top because you know i drive my own car up there and yeah. so you you find out a lot of little little uh things uh yes that that, that you wouldn't when you go to you, you, it, it's like looking at a place with new eyes i guess yeah absolutely yeah i know it. exactly what you mean Well, thanks to all of you out there for joining us for this episode of Alaska Uncovered. Next week's episode is our last new episode until September. So we want to encourage you to sign up for my travel tips in email. They come out every week, including during this one month break for the podcast. So um, you don't want to miss those lots of great advice about visiting Alaska. The link to sign up for that is in the show notes. And that way you won't ever miss anything. Um, I am going to be doing some tour directing in Alaska. I'm going to be on the road and Jay and I are going to be doing some road logging for the milepost. So we will be back. Uh, We'll have a new episode next week and then we'll be back with weekly episodes on September 13th. So make sure to sign up and subscribe so you don't miss the new episodes when they come out. Bye for now.